Warning, spoilers ahead. I know who's trying to kill you. He wears a dirty brown hat. He's horribly burned. He has razors on his right hand. Man of my dreams. He's real, isn't he? He's real. Good evening and welcome to television. Hello. Hello. Hey there. Hey. Whoa. Whoa. I'm Elaine Stellini, and welcome to Fred Watch, where we view and review films, everything from the mainstream to the obscure. Joining me today on this fearsome Friday, the one and only Kendall Richardson. Hello. Oh, Kendall, so great to have you back in the studio. I am so happy to be here. Yes. yes. How have you been? I have, I've been well. I've been watching. I've been writing. I've been living my best creative life. Oh, amazing. Yes. You and I have that in common. We, yes. Which is fantastic to hear. Yeah, I know. Yep. I know. Have you been a little scared lately, though? Have I been a little scared? Well, I mean... You know, the time of recording, spooky season is upon us, so maybe I can feel a bit of a bit of something creeping in, Absolutely. tingling down yes. my spine. Well, as you know, I'm a scaredy cat, <laughs> just in my everyday life. <laughs> so it's always better to have you here when we're watching a scary movie. Yes. So thank you for being with us. Yes, of course. Fearsome I've, Friday. It wouldn't yes. be Fearsome Friday without you. No, no, no. This is the Fearsome Friday duo right here. A hundred percent. Yes, yes. And we're going to talk about a fearsome film today. Are we? What are we going to talk about, Wayne? Well, today we're reviewing Charles Russell's directorial debut, 1987's fantasy slasher, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Please explain. Two years after Freddy Krueger, Robert England, terrorised Elm Street, teenager Kristen Parker, Patricia Arquette, dreams that the severely burnt killer is chasing and attacking her. As a result, her mother, Brooke Bundy, believes that the slit on Kristen's wrist is the result of a suicide attempt. Admitted into Western Hills Psychiatric Hospital, Kristen meets psychiatrist Nancy Thompson, Heather Langenkamp, who uses her knowledge of Freddy to help Kristen and a group of teenage patients fight him. New Line Cinema was unsure whether to continue the Nightmare on Elm Street series following the critical failure of 1985's second instalment, subtitled Freddy's Revenge. Wes Craven, who had written and directed the original film and did not want to see it evolve into a franchise, signed on to co-write the screenplay after his dissatisfaction with the first sequel and intended this instalment to end the series. Taking in 10 times its budget at the United States box office alone, the nightmare would be far from over. But Kendall, was A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, the cinematic experience of your dreams? Oh, <laughs> that's a great lead-in. Oh, I love As my lead-ins. Always, they're great. They're my favorite. Um, yes. No, I, I am, I'm pleasantly surprised with this movie. I've been hearing some good things about it from people like yourself mm. and some some other friends of the show. Hi, Michael Lister. Um, <laughs> hey, Mike. <laughs> um, that this is, yeah, this is one of the good one of the really good ones out mm. of the whole the whole lot and i'm yeah i enjoyed this yeah. thoroughly yeah it yeah. is considered the course correction after part 2 you can very much tell yes. yes and you know you and i both actually had good things to say about part 2 yeah we did notice the difference though yes and like you've just said we've noticed the shift back mm-hmm. it does help that Wes craven of course is back on board as a creative mind yes um in in terms of his writing 
this wasn't what he had originally pitched. There were different ideas. Uh, there were other ideas put forward. Some of the ideas stayed, some disregarded, and some will actually appear in, later, in a later film as well. Okay. So when we get to that, we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, this is quite significant because it does introduce the hospital. Mm. And that hospital we will see in a later film. Oh, nice. And gets referenced in other media as well. Oh, cool. Um, particularly when I talk about a later film and other media, it's where Freddy is interacting with another slasher. I had a feeling. <laughs> I had a feeling. Yes. A, a different person who loves to slash. Yes. Yes. So it is significant in the whole context and canon of Nightmare on Elm Street. And it is, as, you, as you've mentioned, yeah, considered as one of the best films in the whole franchise. And for some people, it is their favourite film in mm. the whole franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of good things to say about Nightmare 3, hey? Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot. What were some of the highlights for you? Oh, I mean, for me, the, the biggest highlight was the visual effects, the practical effects. Mm-hmm. That, oh my God. And we'll get into favourite kills later, but I'm, yeah chomping at the bit to get to discuss them just because I was so impressed. I mean, this is, you know, what, 87, 87. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, the use of claymation and stop motion animation and and even just, you know, you can see where they've used green screen or blue screen as I think it was back then maybe, but like that kind of overlaying of film to, to get the right effect was uh, done so well. I, yeah, I really, really liked it. Well, yeah, well, like I said at the top of the show, New Line was a bit, you know, nervous, a bit uncertain about whether to go ahead with another Freddy movie. Yeah. Because, you know, part two made money. It did. Not as much as they wanted to. No. But it was always going to be hard to follow up that first installment. Oh, yeah, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things that the director, Charles Russell, really pushed was that he could do effects. Oh, cool. His first feature film. That's, yeah, I didn't <laughs> you know, know until yeah. you said it that, yeah. it was his, that this is his first feature. What an yeah. impressive debut. Yes, and wow. he worked on a film prior to this, not as a director though. Okay. So he's still pretty green. Yeah, And what right. a great job he does. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and um, look, just putting it out there, I'm a really big fan of Charles Russell. He hasn't made a lot of films. Okay. But one of the films that he did make in the 80s is one of my all-time favourite remakes of a 1950s creature feature. Oh. And that was The Blob. Which is oh, of, he did The Blob he remake? He did The Blob remake. Oh, no way. One of the most underrated horror movies yeah, yeah. of all time. Yeah. And by far one of the greatest remakes ever. Like for me, it's up there with The Fly. It's up there with The Thing. Wow. I love, okay, I need to watch it. I love... We'll save that for another Fearsome Friday, Kendall. Excellent. I got your back. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I got your back. Yes. Um, because I love, love, love that remake. Oh, great. And I can just... We can see it here. Yeah. We can see all the work that he puts in here. Uh-huh. He is really good with these effects. And you're yeah, right, there's amazing. so many different type of effects yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all look great. They all look stunning. Yeah. yeah. We... Can't have all of this come together without the overall story, though. No, of course. Yeah. So what were your thoughts of the story? We bring back our protagonist from part one. We do. Yeah. And yes. that's kind of um, what, I guess, the linchpin, maybe, like the central focus in terms yeah. of keeping us together with the franchise. And, you know, for fans of the franchise, oh, that's a nice welcome return. Nancy is back. Yeah. Dad is back, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. You know, and placing her in this position here where she's working in the hospital, so she's mm-hmm. got that connection with Freddie. Mm-hmm. On paper... It's doing all the right things. Yeah. Did it come together for you in terms of story? I, I think it did. Uh, it definitely wasn't perfect because, you know, we mentioned the course correction of the franchise mm. already. 
it definitely, yeah, it feel, it's, it's obvious that that's what they were, I think, going for, which is fine yeah. because, you know, the public did respond very well to the first movie. It was huge. You know, and as someone who's a fan of connected universes mm-hmm. and, and reoccurring characters popping up, I, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to see her come back. And, I, and it's just really good to see, to see Heather Langenkamp again because I feel like she's improved on her performance as Nancy in this yes. one, by, by a lot, by a lot. Um, yeah. So, so no, I, I, and the story overall, like it's a nice, I think it makes so much sense that, you know, following her traumatic experience, she would go into a career where she can not only help herself deal with her trauma, but help others Yes. not, you know, not go through the same, uh, fate. And I, yeah, so I really like that connected tissue in that way. I, th- I thought it, I thought it was executed quite well. It made sense. Yeah. And if you're going to put her in there, it doesn't feel like she's just thrown in there for the sake of it. No, She's no. there with a purpose. For sure. Yeah. And you're right. She serves that purpose really well. I think one thing I really commend about this film is its pacing. Mm. It, there is never a dull moment. And no. that's a very cliched thing to say. <laughs> but it is true. It's true, yeah. We get going. And, you know, they, these types of slasher films are brilliant for their openings. Cold openings, if you will, I guess. Yes, yes. Uh, but, you know, and this is no exception. A great opening here. Yeah. And it literally just keeps on going. Mm-hmm. You know, one could argue that, and, and I guess it is one of the pitfalls, of slasher movies, especially those of the 80s, is that, you know, we don't spend too much time getting to know our characters. In saying that for me, it does a clever thing. And I'm going to say clever, not lazy. It does a clever thing of using archetypes. Yes. So, because then we know exactly who they are. Yes. We we have enough prior knowledge because we've seen movies. We know people. We haven't lived under rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, that we're like, okay, shorthand, I know who you are. Done. Mm-hmm. Now we can move on. Yeah. And it will take moments where we can get to know the characters a little bit better. We'll care for some more than others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, when you've got an ensemble cast like this, it's always going to happen. Yeah. But I feel like that direction of the characters and creating the characters this way is helpful because, again, it lends and leads into this wonderful pacing that it has. Mm. Um, it's a 90-minute film. Mm. And it kind of goes at a at a breakneck pace for me. Yeah, you yeah. Know, even moments where they're just sort of a bit more calm and, and just having the discussions and needing that sort of exposition and stuff like that, it, it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel no. like I just need to put this in there to keep everyone up to speed and up to pace. I feel like if you'd never seen a Freddy movie before and this was your first one, it tells you everything it needs to tell you, and it does it in an economical effective and entertaining way yeah yeah so yeah I, I have to give this film so much kudos for the pace i really enjoyed it yeah 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 and and just to say too I, I think you're right you could come into this franchise and this be your first film because it it does like establishes the world very clearly from the beginning mm. we know who we can tell who freddie is what he's doing yeah and then when nancy comes in she's immediately explained really mm. as well in a way that doesn't hold your hand and guide you through it so it could it be almost like mm. nightmare one could serve as a prequel a hundred percent yes. like to this movie like in every way so exactly. yeah. yeah so it's 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 yeah it's very well done yeah and then if we're just looking at it say as a trilogy because that's what it is at this point mm. we could argue well you don't need part two at all i yeah, yeah. i was gonna unfortunately i hate to make that to agree with you on that, but mm. you could, you could remove it and it would be a seamless yes. move. 
Like, yeah. yeah. So I guess previewing our final comments that we yeah. have, you know, at the end of the show and our and our scores, and we'll, we'll keep those to the end. <laughs> but in saying that, Kendall, do you think then this redeems any shortcomings of part two, or? Does part two not need to be redeemed at all? It is what it is. It did a great job. And this is just another film in the franchise. Oh, God, that's hard to say. Yeah. It's been so long since I watched part two. Yeah. Um, but I, and I have such a fond memory of watching it while that movie isn't perfect mm. either. But I'm glad it exists. Yeah. I'm glad it's part of the legacy of this entire franchise. Mm. I feel like it's probably going to be better than some of the sequels we've got coming just based on yes more more, more is not necessarily better yeah in I, some slasher franchises that's right and i don't remember the sequels too well but i'm, yeah. I'm tending to agree with you here. <laughs> yes and i agree with you overall as well yeah I, i'm happy that part two exists yeah. so i got a lot more out of it in the viewing that we had yeah yeah uh watching it together and unpacking it discussing it yeah um watching uh the companion documentary to it that yeah. was made decades later yeah uh i, I feel like Part two is an important part of the franchise. It exists. It's there. Mm-hmm. I don't think it needs a, re- you know, to be redeemed as a no, film. I don't think so. But in saying that, I will agree with I think the consensus is uh, amongst fans of the franchise that part three does what it needed to do mm. to ensure that we went beyond part three, that there were more films to follow. Yeah, now, their quality. We're going to experience and discuss that down the track. We, we can't comment on them. We haven't seen them yet, no, right? No. But I feel like part three did what it needed to do for the franchise. Mm. And I think it did it really well. I agree. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You mentioned Heather Langenkamp before. Yes, we do have an improved performance. Yes. A little uneven for me still. Yeah. Yeah. But, yep, yep. Uh, but <laughs> yes, m- much, much better. Yep. Let's talk about this really talented cast overall mm, mm, um, mm-hmm. and some really great characters too. Let's start with the man himself though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's yes. start with the man himself because Nancy, you know, we're not following her unless someone is literally following her in her dreams. That's very true. And it is a brilliant Robert England as yes. Freddy Krueger. <sighs> I mean, what do you say? <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> it's already been said by us and it's yeah. been said by millions of others yeah. and we're all right. Yeah. <laughs> He's just too good. He's just he's just great. Like it's so nice to watch these movies finally and understand why he's so you know lauded amongst mm. horror fans and fans of cinema. Yeah, really for being one of the greatest villains in in cinema, I think. But his performance is so good. I'm glad that the movie kind of chose to because you know how obviously we have his voice is a bit modified and a lot of scenes to yeah. add that you know, scare factor, I suppose. Yeah. I actually enjoy it more when they don't put that on. You get to hear his voice yes. and he gets, you get the whole of his performance, I think in that. And just, just what he does, the way he delivers it all his, you know, his, by all accounts, like Fred, you look at Freddy Krueger and he's just a skinny dude in a hat and a, and a sweater, right? And quite short statured compared he, to a lot of the yes, people around him. Too. He is. There's he nothing is. that should be intimidating about him. Not at all. But then you get Robert Englund doing, <laughs> doing that character yeah. and it takes it up a notch and yeah. you fucking believe yes. that he's going to kill you yes. and you're going to die screaming. And I will say aesthetically, I love the way Freddy looks here. Yeah. I feel like, and I felt like I said this for part two, but I'm going to say it now as well. Yeah. This is the best he's looked so far. Yeah, yeah. There's just something, for lack of a better word, 
clean. Yes. About him. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Phenomenal. And you know that that bit when he um, rips open his jumper and he talks <gasps> about how he you know gets power from the souls of his victims. Disgusting. Because it looks so good. I loved it. Yeah. I loved that and part. I, and I don't think we've seen Freddie Topless before. No. So I think that's it was the first time. quite confronting. Uh-huh. And the, the effects were just amazing In, on, on this one as well. The makeup, um, but my God. And, and it is how uh, Robert England puts it all together, though. It is, it yeah. Just it really is. is. And one thing I found about Freddie in this one, I wouldn't say as campy as he has been. No. There's something he's still got that element of fun that he enjoys doing what he what he does. Mm-hmm. But it just seems to be toned down here to a degree where he's fun and we can even have a bit of a laugh with him because <laughs> we have issues. <laughs> but you know, you, you know the fun that horror that horror movies give us. Yeah. We can experience that through Freddy. Yeah, There's definitely. Just something about him for me in this rendition. And the way that Charles Russell directs him, the way that, you know, Robert is developing the character within himself because it's his third time playing him, he's finding new things about him. Mm. There's just something, I feel a bit more sinister here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I just, I it's it's a chef's kiss spot on performance. Yeah, right? it really is. Yeah. And because you, you can see the way that he plays Freddy really going for it with each kill yeah. and each method of torment, you know, he he's really, you can see Freddy enjoying mm. himself. A hundred percent. And it does add to that sinisterness yes. that, he, that he just gives. It's just great. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Freddy's main playground in this film, yes, in people's dreams, but it's really a hospital. Mm. <laughs> Kindle, the, the staff and the patients of the hospital, were there any standouts for you? I mean... I gotta shout out Larry Fishburne. <laughs> Bless. The very handsome oh, Larry yeah. slash Lawrence. Lawrence, yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So so nice to see him in this one as as Max. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, I I kind of earmarked him for death somehow though. Like seems, I just, he's too nice. He's yeah. Too, yeah. He seems like a character who should die. Yes. <laughs> In these kinds of movies, yeah. but you know, I suppose you know he's he doesn't have the unfortunate you know uh, thing of being <laughs> a son of someone who killed yes. Freddy, so that that doesn't work. A child of Elm Street. A child of Elm Street. I love that term. That's very cool. Yes. And I do also like how Nancy says, "You are the last children of Elm Street." Yeah. A little hint there. Where's the saying? We got to end this now. Yes, <laughs> you know. Yes, so yes. I, I do. Like, I, I do like that, yeah, right? Yeah. Same. But yeah, you don't know how a character like you know Max is going to go down because mm. he's sympathetic. He yes. is on the kid's side. Yes. You know, will he enter the dreams with them? But he just is always this sort of like background character. He's always just sort of like stepping back a little bit mm. because he's got a job to do. He does. Yeah. But he really cares for the kids. He does. And yeah. he has such a presence in every scene yes. that he's in. Like you can see just the, the talent that he has. hundred percent. You know. Um, and I, I just I just really enjoyed his performance as well. Um, yeah. It doesn't surprise us that he goes on to have the career that he does. No, not at all. And I'd yeah. say the same for one Ms. Patricia Arquette. Yes. Yeah. I know. Oh my God. Yeah. I, no, I, she was the one name from this movie I've always known, mm. you know, just being a, a fan of the, the horror genre and, um, you know, and just knowing 
shit like that. I just yeah. retain that information. Yeah. And she comes from um, a very talented family. Oh, she's she a does. part of a talented she family. She really, really yeah. is. Yeah, no, I, you know, seeing her, you know, this young giving a performance like this, like, again, was probably hit and miss in certain parts, I think, but, you know, yeah. that's fine. I think overall, she was, out of all the screen queens that you've seen, I think she's definitely one of the better ones. Yeah, I agree that I think her performance is a little bit uneven. I think, especially in terms of where the stakes are very high. Yeah. Like, for example, in the opening, in, in that dream sequence, I just would have expected her to be more freaked out. I just, you mm. know, you wanted... I felt like it should have gone more. It should yeah. have gone a bit higher. Yeah. You know, and I know that that's difficult because it's like you don't want to go too high because then it's just silly. Yeah. But there were just times where I just felt she needed to be more scared. Yeah, I, I think so. Because, I think so. Because yeah. when she hits those marks... She hits those marks. She hits them really well. My gosh. When she's in the hospital and she delivers this amazing ear-piercing scream, I'm like, I needed that at the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) As well. Yes. But yeah, but she's a lovely screen presence, isn't she? She is. And a great great lead in her own right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. agree. As like a, uh, as a final girl. Yes, uh, yes. That does such a great job. She does, yes. Yeah. What about some of those other patients there? Um, Oh. Now, did you recognize Bradley Gregg, who played Philip? I was... Literally watching him the whole time, like, yes. who are you? <laughs> I've seen you in something before. Yeah, you absolutely have. You yeah. might remember him from Stand By Me. Oh, really? Yes. So oh. He's one of those, the gang members with Kim Oh, Solo. no way! Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm a big fan there of Bradley is. Gregg, and I feel like that he should be known and noticed more than he actually is. Yeah. yeah. He's from one of my favorite exploitation uh, movies, which I've mentioned before. It's called Class of 1999. Oh, sure. Yeah, about yeah. Um, high school kids who battle killer androids at their school. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, and that's when I actually first sort of knew him. But yeah, he's right. a wonderful actor. Really, really like yeah, him. Yes. Yeah. But um, he's probably mostly known, um, besides from this film, but from Stand, Stand By, by me, me as well. Amazing. A small role, but still a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, I, I really liked him um, out of all of the you know, all of the patients, I think he, he was, um, yeah, I was definitely drawn to him and I was disappointed that he was the first to go. <laughs> was the first kill, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. He's got a very natural screen presence. Very much. Like, do you know when he's, um, you know, first meeting Nancy and mm. he's just there making his little, you know, yeah. puppets and things like that. He speaks, he behaves, his body language is that of a teenager? Yeah. Like he Nailed nails it. it. Yeah. So well. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think he's one of the most believable in terms of you know, acting the age that he's supposed to act. Yeah. Very charming. Very, very charming. You know, yeah. He just seems like such, such a good guy. Mm. Uh, there are other ones that I felt that were really good. I adored Joey. Oh my God. <laughs> Joey was so good. Joey, I yeah. adored. And yeah. you know, it's hard to, to, to act when, you know, you don't, you don't speak. And, yeah. but just, you know, when he runs out, when Philip is meeting his untimely demise mm. and he's grabbing the attention of the, of the nurse and things like that. And is I don't know. I just felt like that was really, really good acting. You know, he's waking yeah. Will up from the bed and he's like, you know, he's got the tray to slam on everything. Mm-hmm. I did. I thought it was really wonderful. Yeah. 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 Like I, he, he was a, a highlight for me as well. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Rodney Eastman played. Yeah, uh, Joey and he did a good yeah. job. Yeah, he's not an actor I'm familiar with, but Neither. I thought he did such a wonderful job there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Now, what did you think of Penelope Sudro as Jennifer, our budding actress? Oh, she was interesting. <laughs> yeah, she re- she reminded me of Jennifer Tilly a little bit. Just wow, okay. In yeah. appearance, she called yeah. her to mind for some yeah. reason. 
she no, she was she was fine. She was she was good. I don't think she was given enough probably to do. Like I mean, again, it's an yeah. ensemble piece, so you you know. A lot of these kids don't hard. have a lot to do. Let's be no, honest, they, right? They don't because the focus there <laughs> is Nancy, it's Kristen, it's yeah. some of the other hospital staff as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, to some degree, Kincaid as well, who's mm. a really good character. Kincaid's fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ken Sagos, he was he was really good. Yeah, he was good. I thought he yeah. was one again one of the charming characters yeah, there like yeah. i really like it some great dialogue he had great dialogue. <laughs> as well and, and delivered well like i think yeah. he was one of the stronger ones as yeah, well yeah definitely yeah but we yeah. did we did have some pretty good presence there it was nice to see john saxton back as yeah. well yeah, as, yeah. as the father yeah for sure yeah um doesn't have the best demise but <laughs> no you know like you know Not poor great. guy but that's yeah. okay you know you, you gotta go you gotta go you gotta go <laughs> yeah but overall i think it's an ensemble piece yeah whilst it's an uneven spread some are more prominent than others. Some are stronger than others. Mm-hmm. That's, you're always going to get this. And mm-hmm. we've seen lots of slasher movies where this is the case. Yes, and that's okay. And that's okay. That is fine. Uh, but overall, the cast do do good with what they've got. I think. I, I think they do. I think it's a strong cast. Yeah. I think that the good outweighs, like, our balance, like balances the bad in, in, in what, you know, they lift each other up and, and just, yeah, I think... I think it is just overall very strong. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. tight. Yeah. Um, now, what did you think of Zsa Zsa Gabor's cameo <laughs> <laughs> on the TV? I was like, okay. So I saw her name come up and Dick Cavett's names yes. come up and I was like, what's this? Yes. So you, you know of these two people? I, I, I had Dick Cavett's name rung a bell. I forgot who he was until I saw, oh, oh the talk show, right. Yeah. But I knew, I know Zsa Zsa Gabor, yes. very infamous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was like expecting them for their names to come up in the opening. I yes. was expecting more of them to feature. Like I, yeah. cause I know Zsa Zsa Gabor has done acting um <laughs> no one can see my air quotations but acting yeah um i thought maybe she was gonna actually have a small role but mm. they were just cameos that's right so i was just like why are they getting <laughs> i mean I, it's the 80s i guess and they maybe they wanted to get draw people in like oh you come see dick cavett and jar jar gabor get killed and <laughs> you know uh, but they don't you know they're just glorified cameos they, are, they, they yeah. were they were fine but it was a it, i it was a good way yeah, to use... I liked how they were used as a method to kill. Yeah, I thought that was very clever. Yeah, it's like if you're going to throw an extra kill in there, might as well do it, Yeah, you know, like yeah. this. Yeah. Well, I think that scene between Robert and Zsa Zsa Gabor were improvised heavily. Oh. So a lot of her reactions were <laughs> quite, <laughs> it was, it was quite okay. genuine. It was, it was okay. Yeah, quite genuine. That scene is actually probably the... Maybe the signature scene of the film. Yeah, I've seen the image yeah. of Jennifer. I've seen that image of Jennifer in the TV. Yes. I've seen that before. Yeah. yeah, and the reason why it's so famous is because the line, Welcome to Primetime, bitch, is like the yeah. key line. Yeah. Have you heard this quote before? I have, yes. Yeah, and it's it's such a great one. <laughs> it is a, it's a great line. Yeah. It's probably one that's kind of the most famous in this yeah, franchise, really, yeah. besides the nursery rhyme. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's definitely up there mm-hmm. as one of the most famous lines in the whole franchise. Yep. How great we got to experience I that know. one today. Yes, yeah, iconic. Yeah. So it revolves around the kills. Oh. Kendall. Oh. There's so much to talk about There's in this so... part here. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to struggle. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but do you have a favorite kill or practical effect? And I feel like for this film, we're allowed to have more than one. Yeah, I, mean, I think so. <laughs> yes. I think so. It's, I know. I, it, I know. We just literally said it's going to be tough, but I do 
I do have a favorite kill. Yes. I mean, it is by a hair just because, mm. the, again, they're all so fucking good. Yeah. I I really liked Philip's kill the first time. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's so good. Isn't I it? was on the couch. My mouth was agape and I was holding myself. I was so enthralled and just so like, like, like the shot you get of his feet as he's walking. How disturbing. Oh, yeah. Chilling. Yes. But I, but I loved it. Like I loved it. I, I, the, the fact that like, that's one of the things about watching these movies is, and like Freddie's method of killing Yes. is taking something from that person's life and using it against them. Yes. That's incredible. And it's done so well here because, you know, we see that scene where Philip, like we barely get to know him, but we get to know that he likes to make marionettes. He likes to make puppets and, and, you know, and all of that. And that's his thing. And then that's all we need. And then you get his death scene Mm. and like the tendons are ripped from him Mm. and he's dragged along. And then that final shot of Freddie in the sky, Yes, you know, you know, puppeteering him off the puppet master. Oh my God. I, from top to bottom, that kill. Mwah. The whole thing, yeah. And, Amazing. And because, well, you know, we have that knowledge that uh, Philip sleepwalks. Yes, and, yes, yes, yes. And one thing that I uh. really love, and again, why I just can't speak highly enough of Bradley Gregg, is that the look on his <gasps> face. He nailed it. When we, you know, oh. cut cut away and just have that close-up of that yeah. beautiful face yeah. in absolute agony. Yeah. It is supreme acting there. Like, yeah. he is... And do you know what? Whilst... It is a shame that he's killed off very early on. He's the actor to deliver that performance. For sure. I feel yeah. like... I don't think it would have come from anyone else just yeah, as good. Yeah. I feel like if we took somebody else who wasn't that good, who couldn't fine-tune it that well, then, yes, the kill and the effects are still going to be great, but would it be as memorable? Probably not, because he puts just so much emotion and agony yeah. in there. yeah. For me, I agree with you, and I'm I'm going to be really selfish and say <laughs> I'm not just picking one, but I, I love like I love that one absolutely. One that probably comes very close mm-hmm. isn't a kill, but a practical effect, mm-hmm. and that's when Kristen and Nancy are in their dream in that dream world for the very first time. I know what you're going to say because that was yeah probably my favorite practical effect. Yeah, and then you've got Freddie who. Looks like a snake. <laughs> looks phallic, yeah. if you will. You know, which yep. is common for, the, for this franchise. Yes, because we're dealing with teenage hormones. And yes, Freddy is Freddy. Yes, my goodness, it was terrifying. It looked good, and then when he, you know, spits her out, mm. and that first shot of him, yeah, that head-on shot, yeah, uh, the effects yeah. were amazing, insanely good. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I'm, is this? Wow, this is this movie. Yes. We're, we're coming out of the gate strong here. Can I just give an honorable mention, though, Please to do. the moment for the first time Kristen uses her ability to call Nancy into a dream? Yes. And Nancy goes to sleep, and that just seamless shot of her going into the chair. Falling into it, yes. Oh, I loved that. I thought that was so cool. And how great does it hold up? So well. I can't even. Yeah. I, I cannot even with so much of these yes. effects. Yeah. And also with this film here, you know, yes, <laughs> we can tell when when they're using, you know, like the blue or green screen. Yeah. It does not detract at all. Not at all. And it's not even, and when I say you can tell, I'm not even saying it as a negative. No. I'm just like, oh, well, I can tell that's how that was done. Yeah. Okay. It's a fleeting one second thought. Yeah. Because yeah. we can acknowledge it. Yeah. Right. Just as like when there's stop motion animation, you acknowledge it. Oh yeah, that's stop motion. 
but it doesn't mean you're fixated on it, but you're fixated on what's happening. Yeah, it's not it, breaking the world for you. A hundred percent, because yeah. everyone is so damn good in this. Yeah. And speaking of like stop motion, Freddy's skeleton. Oh, so that was call- my other favorite. One. Yes. Now this called to mind the <laughs> brilliant Ray Harryhausen, oh. who did this so well, especially like in the '60s, most famously with Jason and the Oregon. Yes, Wars. I was going to say straight away. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And my goodness, this oh, was amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was Nailed everything it. about it was perfect. Yeah, it was. Yeah. it was so good. It was so good from top to bottom. Like I, I find it really hard to find a fault in it. It was just. It was equally as menacing as mm. Freddy in the Flesh. Yes, a hundred percent. Oh man. Yeah, over, like overall, this. Yeah, it's. We. I can't. I don't know. I'm almost lost for words because I can't just specify how great these practical effects are. Uh, yeah, they're the insane. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I can't find the words either. Yeah, and this is where I sort of go. <laughs> oh, that man. the strength of the film is how economical it is in terms of establishing its characters, establishing the world. You know, giving us the backstory that we need in case this is your first go or we haven't seen the film for a very long time. And it works with the story, not against it. Yeah. It really does. And again, the pacing, it is edited so well. Yes, it is. Everything comes together so great. The score is fantastic. Yeah. Did you like the score? Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, 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 I enjoyed it. It was a really, really good score. Again, it's just, it's a very tight piece of work, really. It really is from top to bottom. Yeah, it's very entertaining. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Especially too with the the climax of the film as well, when we're going back and forth Mm. between the kids in, in the dream and then you know um uh, what's his how am i forgetting his name dr gordon neil you know him and and um nancy's dad and they're you know they're trying to get that thing done and it it, it cuts usually sometimes that's one way pacing can suffer yeah if a momentum can suffer if you're if you cutting inappropriately you're cutting at the wrong time to go back and forth between two things that are happening simultaneously this movie doesn't have that problem no. this movie does it perfectly yeah because one scene um elevates the next yeah. which elevates the next which yes elevates the next. yes they're it's, building on each other yes yeah. the building tension yeah. is perfect yes kendall i want to direct you to one of the kills that we actually haven't mentioned uh-huh. and just want your thoughts okay on taryn's death scene mm. so she cops a few syringes mm, <laughs> just a few in in both arms mm-hmm. so this is a character played by jennifer rubin i could take relief to be perfectly honest yeah. you know I, I thought it was cute how in her dreams you know she's you know she had that punk look and yeah, she was I bad and tough i thought that was i thought fun. that was cute yeah i do like even though it felt a little bit cheesy when she said it it the payoff is there because when she confronts freddie yeah She's there and we understand. Yeah. She's flicking the switchblades. Yeah. Look, it's kind of, there's something of its time. It very much (laughs) is. And it's perfectly fine. It's okay. Now, what did you think about her death scene? Well, her death scene was fine. Just, I think for me, it would have been better if, um, because one of the things about, in these and maybe it's just me with these kinds of movies where I just need to suspend my disbelief a little bit more. Yeah. But like the the struggle that one character 
puts up versus not putting up. Yeah. Or like they, they go from fighting to then just letting mm. themselves be killed sort yeah. of. And that's kind of how this scene felt because mm. she was like, she had the switchblades out. They were fighting. They were, you know, yeah. it, was, it wasn't the best choreographed fight ever in the world, but that's fine. It doesn't have to be. But I kind of liked that she was like owning this badass image that she'd thought of as herself in yeah. her dream state. And she's you know she's standing up to freddie and we're getting a little bit of a showdown i'm like cool let's see that and then it kind of ends and then she just kind of almost well she doesn't accept her fate but she doesn't really Mm. i feel like she gives up she doesn't do she succumbs to it she kind of succumbs to it which i suppose could be sort of a metaphor for you know for the kind of you know addiction that her character did Mm. suffer like the drug use and and that how that can Mm. take over a person but yeah, so it was very yeah, it was very sad to to for that to be the method of her demise, mm. um, especially because we had a scene earlier in the film with her saying no, yeah, to an orderly who was you know clearly very naughty. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and now this is how she dies, even though it's not technically real drugs, but it, it's the symbolism of that. I think that's yeah. that's kind of adds this layer of sadness to yeah. it. And I like the sort of sinister way that freddie responds to her death how he has this very pleasurable like yeah he has that high and he's like oh what a rush yeah he gets, like he's i like robert in that scene because yes. i like because yes. again this is sort of that sinister bit in a previous film that might have been played a bit higher and a bit campier definitely but here there just seemed to be this very evil pleasure yeah killing this girl this way yeah it's like how we were saying before like you can see those moments where where freddie is enjoying executing these kids yeah and the thing the fact that he refers to like it's like why are we fighting i'm an old friend (laughs) yes that's that's excellent yes a lot of manipulation there a lot of it yeah well i wanted to highlight the scene specifically Uh because it was actually the reason that the film was banned in queensland the sunny state of Queensland in Australia upon what? release. Really? Yes. Huh. Yep. So Queensland had a very long-serving conservative government at the time. Okay. From the late 60s all the way to um, 1987, same premiere. Wow. Yes. And Queensland had its own classification board there. And being dictated to by a conservative government who objected to the use of drug use. And really the drug use is just seen in Taryn's death. Yeah. So the film was banned in Queensland. Wow. And once the uh, new government uh, was elected, mm. that that classification body was sort of, you know... Dissolved. Dissolved, yeah, because yeah. we've got, you know, a, a national one. Yeah. So, yeah, part three wasn't available in Queensland until 1990. Wow. Yeah. So I've I found never that quite, heard that. Yeah, I found that quite interesting. Indeed. Yeah, that because of its depiction of drug use mm-hmm. that the film was outright banned yeah. for three years in That's Queensland insane. you know and even at the time people were like this is one of the stupidest things we've ever heard <laughs> right yeah so you know now let's think about the time internet is is not a thing no in people's homes you go to the cinema and once it's in the cinema it's out and of course then it didn't even was, wasn't even released in cinema in Queensland no, anyway. Yeah. But, you know, if you travelled interstate, you would have watched it. Mm. If you wanted a copy of it, you would have had to go on interstate to get it on VHS. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I found that interesting because yeah. really, I think even for the time, thinking about movies that were released mm-hmm. at that time, in that decade, previous decades, it seems quite a silly thing to ban a movie for. It definitely does, especially yeah. when it's not 
showing outright drug use or like encouraging or and say it's anti it's an anti-drug scene really very much yeah. very much yeah so it's very curious that it can like yeah i feel like they've, they've kind of go they're just going oh it's just drugs oh just ban it yeah well it does sound, <laughs> it does sound quite similar to how in the united states the classification board there the mpaa was very heavily focused on slasher movies in the 1980s and mm. were ruthless with them. Mm-hmm. So it feels like this was a thing at the time that was sort of happening. Right. You know, it's the, we need to save our children. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Won't somebody please think of the children? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So, no, I, I found that bit of trivia quite interesting, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. Let's get some stats. Let's get some stats. Alrighty, Let's some go. impressive stats for A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. So the budget was around 4.3 to 4.6 million dollars mm-hmm. and it made 44.8 million wow. at the box office, but the US box office only, so it does not count oh. what it made internationally, so it made more internationally yeah, as well. Okay. It was New Line Cinema's first film to open nationally, so it was in over 1300 theaters at wow. the time, a wide national release. Mm-hmm. It debuted at number 1 with a weekend gross of million dollars essentially doubled its box office in its budget in the weekend box office and that was a record for an independent film at the time it was the highest grossing film for new line in 1987 and the 24th highest grossing film of 1987 as well oh wow it remains the third highest grossing nightmare on elm street film in the franchise oh wow okay so highly revered even back then and still as of this recording, the film has a score of one and a half out of four from our mate Roger Ebert. Oh, bless you, Roger. <laughs> yeah. It sits at 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, okay. 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 92% of Google users oh, gave wow. it the thumbs up. Interesting. As mm. usual, Kendall. Yes. Only your opinion matters. <laughs> your final thoughts and a score out of five. Oh, my God. I, I love summaries but i hate them (laughs) wow yeah no i i i I get the hype that surrounds this movie yeah just i'm so impressed i just i'm just going to be endlessly impressed with this i like i don't know if it was just because i had my expectations low because i know it's an 80s slasher film but you know but then it's you see the people that make this movie you know someone that's as good a first-time director as, as mm. Charles Russell is here. Wes Craven coming back. Mm. I saw Frank Darabont's name and I was like, hello. <laughs> yeah, All right. One, one of the writers here. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, hello. Look at look at that. So, yeah. And then, you know, to, to have a great cast as you do, we've touted all of them the, the whole way through. Mm. You know, yes, there are some performances in here that are very hit, hit and miss throughout, inconsistent, as you've said. But overall, it's a great cast supporting a great story with some phenomenal practical effects. Yeah. You know, I just, they don't make movies like this anymore at all. You know, it's this kind of art of filmmaking has been lost. I think just in terms of the the visual and and practical stuff that they're doing here, the makeup is so good. The the way the sound is used, the score is just, just excellent. And Robert Englund again, just like, I I feel like he's just going to continue to be the MVP of these movies as we go through them. Yeah. You know, I hope so. Yeah. I I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason he's so just iconic in cinema. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie I think is just 
I, I, yeah, I feel like it deserves, it probably deserves more love than it's, it's gotten maybe just because I, I'm just, again, I'm just so impressed with it. And it's such a clever story. There wasn't anything really that, you know, fell apart for me that didn't make sense. Mm. Like even at the end, I had a moment where, so obviously we've seen Nancy's father die yeah, and, and then, you know, we see his spirit quote unquote (laughs) come in and I believed it. Yeah. I, at first I was like, Oh, this is... Oh, okay. I didn't expect this movie to do this, but we've been dealing with the ghost of a nun the whole time. So I guess this we can have, this, this is a thing that can happen. So I accepted it. And then 30 seconds later, it's Freddy. Yeah. Shame you, on me, right? Real, oh, yeah. I was in and I was so yeah. enthralled and so happy with that. I, yeah. I was... Oh, I thought it was so good. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, sad that it meant the end of beloved Nancy Thompson. But, yes. But, um, you know, what a way to go out. Yeah. So, yeah. This movie, just excellent and a great addition to this franchise. If I'm going to score it... Ooh. <laughs> It's a high four out of out of five. It's a four out of five. It's got to be four. Yeah, that's it. That's my score. <laughs> I'm locking it in. <laughs> Wayne, please. Yeah, Kendall, I agree with you. Yeah. Pretty much on everything here. Yeah. Um, it's such a fun movie. Yeah. And is. I think in terms of the franchise, the feedback tends to be and that this is one of the best ones. I can already see it because I'm struggling to see how much better they can go than this. Yeah. Because, again, it just balances the story and the special effects better than most slashers that we've been reviewing Mm -hmm. and better than most films that we've probably reviewed, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah. Um, I feel like the the pacing is excellent. At 90 minutes, you're not going to get bored with this. No. I think you're invested all the way through. Mm -hmm. I do wonder if, had it been a little bit longer the film would have been a bit better because we would have had more investment in some of our characters here. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, and I'm somebody who is very critical of films being way too long. I, I like, you know, films to be quite taut. You know, don't waste your time on stuff that is unnecessary. So it's a hypothetical that I, I don't know which way I'm really going to sit on, so I'm just going to ignore it and stick with the film that we, that we do have. But I can't praise these effects enough. No. They are so good. And some they of them really are. are just so funny. One thing that we didn't mention, <laughs> Brooke Bundy is Kristen's mother. Oh, the hair. <laughs> that was great. How brilliant was it? It was great. It was, it was so well done. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. And and just to mention things that made me laugh. Yeah. Like, and we, I know we've spent this entire podcast talking up the effects, but my God, could I immediately tell that was a fake doll she was holding oh, in the yes. beginning? Like, yes. instantly. A hundred percent. And I was like, oh no, here we go. Yeah. But then I forgot about it until just then. Yeah, like, like from, from that wig. From that wig and the way... <laughs> the, the legs. Wi- the legs were just not moving. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've gone, it was worth it when we see the reveal. Yes, but, it was. But I agree, yeah. yeah, I know. yeah. Those ones are always a little bit, a little bit tough. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what that's also where like the acting sort of really has to lift up those moments and definitely yeah for me i think for a movie that does just so many things right just that acting was a little bit more elevated a little bit more consistent yeah uh, because we've talked about some really strong highlights there who Mm. aren't in there for the whole film Mm. or who are a bit more limited but look that's okay because i feel like charles russell gives us a really fun movie 
and I think everyone works really, really hard on this. This is the sort of movie that needs to be presented to film studios around the world to say, this is why we need to maintain practical effects. Yeah, hell yeah. CGI is fine. Mm. 100% CGI, I've never liked. Neither, no. And for those of us who have seen the birth of CGI films Mm. and revisit them, Two years later, we understand why practical effects are king. Yep. Yep, yep. And this film is a testament to that. But overall, it is such a fun piece of work. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to introduce somebody to Freddy who said, no, no, only show me one. I'm not a fan. (laughs) Only show me one. I would show them this one. Yeah, same here. I I, I think it's really, really good. It's very strong. I I agree with you. It's a very high four out of five from me. Nice. It'll be interesting to see what Freddie gets up to next. Because I do not remember part four at all. (laughs) (laughs) Great. And coming into this one, actually, I only remembered uh, Philip's death because it was so memorable. And of course, welcome to prime time. Yeah. Everything else I totally forgotten. So it was really fun experiencing that. I can't wait to see... Part four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Freddie's just going to have to stay in our dreams or nightmares for a little <laughs> bit longer until the next time we visit Elm Street. Yes. So until then, I've been a Wayne Stellini. I've been a Kendall Richardson. And you've just experienced Fred Watch. Cue the music. <laughs> Kendall, it's a door. <laughs> <laughs> It's a door. It's a door. It's a door. (laughs) Why? Why? (laughs) No, I think it's a window. (laughs) Yo, this is why I didn't get five stars. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You delivered that. (laughs) It's it's a door. But it's a doorway. It's a door. I just, you know, I just would never have realized it. You know, the fact that if I didn't even know what it was when it opened, it would have told me, but that's okay. Yeah, 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 no, it's fine. That was not Craven. <laughs> that was not Craven. Or Frank Darabont. It was not Craven dialogue. No, not for a second. Then that was a studio note. That we uh, must, had to be. We must tell them. They must know it's a door because they're going to see it and be like, what's that? <laughs> what's this hunk of metal? What is this hunk of metal that looks like a door? Oh, it's a door? <laughs> I wouldn't have known unless you said. Thank you. Oh, Freddie, you're the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. <laughs> Eternally. Oh my god. <laughs> the funniest bit of the film is not even like a practical effect or a purposeful. No. no. <laughs> oh my god. If you're gonna deliver exposition, please do it yes. with some conviction. Yes. 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 <laughs> Act. Acting. Please. Oh my god. Sell it. Kendall, we haven't laughed this hard since the bird blew up in part two. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that bit! <laughs> oh my god, that bit! <laughs> now I just, I need like someone to do fan art of the bird and the door. <laughs> like the door opens and the bird's there and <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. I love it. Okay. And... And... Scene. (laughs) (laughs) Yay!
<laughs> In our camper vans, we're going back to Crystal Lake. Yes. yes. Let's do this. Let's go. <laughs> we're coming for you, Jason. <laughs> Absolutely. Before he comes for us, right? Yes. 100%. Mm-hmm. Blooper reel. He's a lead in one of my favourite exploitation movies. Oh, yeah? From um, the 80s. I'm pretty sure it's the 80s. Um, yes, loves it that much. Can't remember the year. <laughs> <laughs> Start that again. Yeah, I've seen the image of... Yes. Um, um, I've forgotten her name already. Uh, Jennifer. Let's get some stats. Alrighty, Let's some go. impressive stats mm-hmm. for Friday. Friday, I think. Are there any for some Friday? Okay. After the show. <laughs> this is so much fun. Oh, that was great of you. That was great. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was really good. You know, that was less than an hour. It was so... Yeah. Like the film that was taught. It was punchy. Yeah. yeah. There were a couple of things I wanted to touch on, but I was like, no, I'm just going to let the conversation flow. Yeah, it and was it, pretty good. And it worked well. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's... And we'll see with Jason as well. Yeah. If we haven't already... The same bloody film every time, so there's very little. After you go past part one, unless they do something totally yeah. different, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, I know. That's why, like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I like this, but I feel like it's going to be the, to the detriment of the, the rest of them after this. Yeah. Now, I think part four might be good. Okay. I think. It had a good box office, if that says oh, okay. anything. Maybe. Um, but, yeah, it pretty much does go down here. I mean, like... Well, I hear um, things about New Nightmare. Yeah, New Nightmare is interesting. I try because like Cravens does he he did that. Does he keep doing them, or does he step away again? He st- as far as I know, he steps away and comes back for New Nightmare. Okay. And so one of the things I was and this isn't a spoiler. Um, one of the things that I was saying that was like you know was suggested or written and then was disregarded. Mm-hmm. Um, for this film is something that will be used in New Nightmare. So mm. when we get to it, we'll talk about that. Because right. New Nightmare does do something very different again. So it does change it up again. Because again, it's in Wes's hands now. Mm. He doesn't want a franchise. No. So when he gets it back... He gonna, wants to end it again. He's, he's like, like Harrison Ford every time he plays on solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Let him die. Him now already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so he'll do something different. Um, so we're going to do Jason 7 next. Yeah. So... We're coming towards the end of Paramount, the Paramount era. Yeah, wow. Um, and we'll move into New Line. So you'll see a lot of different things coming up as well. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Not for, exciting is the wrong word. For Venerable Warriors. Interesting. But, but, you know, it's, it's, but, it's, but it's like you've said, you know, like when these films go for so long, they go in different directions. They do, Because yeah. they kind of, let's be honest, they kind of need to, right? Oh, yeah. You've got you to change things Yeah, up, and you've got to try different things. You do, yeah. Yeah, but the, the, the New Line bit is going to be really uh, it will be interesting discussions yeah so i'll okay. do my best to not say anything before we watch them for you <laughs> um because you can tell it's the difference you can tell yeah okay you know yeah um because you know like i don't know if you remember when we finished parts talking about part six i mentioned how about part seven was the first attempt to get freddie and jason together oh yes for, you did. for jason seven yes. right? obviously we know that does not happen no no but so they're thinking about it Right now, Back then, you know, yeah, so okay. in 1988, they're thinking about it and it wow. doesn't take... It took them 15 more years. Yeah, it takes yeah. them a while to, to get there. But that's the whole point why New Line has mm. Jason, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're building up to that. Yeah, like they just want to be like, hey, you know this guy? <laughs> because really, their investment is Freddy. 
because that's their baby. They oh, don't, yeah. They don't have a studio without him. No, they don't. You know, so, no, so it was interesting right. that they felt that part two did so badly yeah. that they go, Let, we we're obviously onto a good thing, let's end it now. Yeah. And needed a bit of, you know, convincing here. Probably not that much convincing. Um, because they've put money in this. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Like, like back then, for... Four something million, yeah, almost five, yeah, yeah, four and a half million for a, for a horror film, yeah. independent. Like that's a lot of money. Yeah, so yeah, so I mean, like you know, Russell sold it, like mm. Charles Russell sold it, and gosh, he delivered. You know, I can't believe he's a first time director on this. Yeah. That's insane. So his experience beforehand as like a crewman must have been really big then. Yeah, but um, but I've heard him talking about. Uh, the Blob, making The Blob, because that's a movie that didn't get much attention. It was pretty disregarded when it was released. Right. It's a cult classic now. Yeah. Um, but that's got, for its time as well, it's got great effects. And yeah. The Blob was also 80s. So this was, what, 87? So The Blob would have been, like, what, 88, I think. It, I think it's 88, The yeah. Blob. I think he he must have done it immediately after. Yeah. Um, I watched him with the original and remake recently. Nice. And I was... And I, I always liked... Yeah, he did make it straight after. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember always liking it. Mm. And when I watched it, I was like, fuck. Look at this movie. It's so good. Like, for me. Because yeah. I'd always gone like, oh, you know, original remake. I go, oh, I preferred the original, Steve McQueen. I was going to say, isn't Steve McQueen yeah, in the original? Yeah, one of his very yeah. close jobs there. Oh, wow. Um, but I have to say, watching them, like, back to back, yeah. I actually preferred the remake. I just oh, think okay. it's just got that... Again, it's just that punchy pacing and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. There's a movie in between. So when we do The Blob, I will see you through this. <laughs> that was a sequel to the original McQueen one oh. called Son of the Blob or Beware of the Blob. Oh, different titles. Okay. Directed by Larry Hagman. I have heard that name. Where yeah. do I know that name? So Larry Hagman was like one of the biggest villains on TV. He was JR in Dallas. Who shot oh, JR. my God. Yeah. Um, you know, he was yeah. um, the, the astronaut in I Dream of Genie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he has a small appearance in the Superman movie as the as the um, military man. You know how they're on the bridge with the missiles? Yes. The missiles, and yes. he's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he gives yeah. mouth to mouth to Miss Desmarker. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's right. That's Larry Hagman, yeah. He direct, so he directed Beware he of the He directed it. Wow. Yes. And Did he I, star in it too? No, he wasn't in it. No, yeah. he wasn't in he just it. Direct, okay. yeah. I didn't realise he was a director. And I I just remember watching this film and I've gone, what a piece of shit. I've only seen it once. So I think the next time we'll watch it, it's again when I torment you and we'll watch it together. Great. Um, but yeah, but if you want to do a blob trilogy yeah, as, yeah. as a fearsome Friday at one I stage, down. I 100% happy for that. Maybe we do it before we dive into Michael. Yeah, if you want to do something a bit smaller. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. do three films. Yeah. yeah. Oh, happy to. We'll, yeah, that'd be we'll cool. We'll not say no. Because at this stage, Excellent. it's going to be a while before we get there anyway. I know. <laughs> but that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's yeah. totally fine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm looking forward to doing Michael though. Because yeah, gosh, same. talk about a franchise that retcons. Yeah, Jesus. It's like every second or third film it retcons itself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, keeping up with that uh, narrative is going to be interesting. Yeah. It's, it's very much choose your own adventure. Yeah. And then you get to the Rob Zombie one. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, now, I... Tell me, how many of the Halloween films have you seen? Okay. I've seen both the Rob Zombies. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the uh, 2018 one. I haven't okay. seen any of the original. You haven't seen John Carpenter's original. I, no, okay. I haven't. I haven't. I was yeah. I okay. yeah. I was gonna watch it, and then I when we started doing these, yeah. we talked about it. Like, right, I'll save it for that. Okay, cool. But yeah, and I haven't. I haven't yet finished the new trilogy because I heard not so good things about kills and ends. Okay, I've seen the first two of the new trilogy. I haven't okay. seen the last one. Okay. Yeah, I didn't mind the second one. Not as good okay. as that first one. The first one was great. Oh my god! I thought it was awesome. 
And it has actually a lot of throwbacks to the original. Oh, sure. Even some scenes are, homage, are quite sweet homages oh, okay. to it. Oh, nice. Yeah, but really, really like that one. Nice. Um, it was interesting, you know, when we were first doing Fearsome Friday and it was like, oh, you know, how about we do Freddie Jason together so then they, mm. they meet. I've actually been thinking, oh, you know what we should have actually done? We should have literally done, I reckon, um, Freddie, Jason, Michael, Chucky. And literally just done oh. all of those franchises in order. And it would have been interesting just to see how they're responding to well, each other and stuff. But I don't know. Didn't Child's Play come out in 88? The first yeah, one? it did. So we could maybe... Oh, if you wanted to. Or is it just going to be... Oh, but then again, it's too late because we haven't done Michael's. No, we haven't done Michael's yet. So then yeah. it would be like weird if we did. Yeah. yeah I mean, okay. we'll do all them right. as separate ones if you want. Yeah, we'll do them yeah. separate ones. I, mean, I haven't seen all the Chuckies either. I've only seen... I've only seen Child's Play. I've only seen the first one. Yeah, easily the best. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, Bride of Chucky is phenomenal. Yeah, that was a huge hit, yeah. I remember, yeah. in, in the late 90s. Yeah. And the series that's on at the moment is... Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard it's good. It's good. There's some stuff that's a bit meta okay. that I'm not liking, to sure. be honest. Yeah. But that first season especially, it's so good. Great. You know, out of all of the major horror franchises... Uh, Child's Play has been um, the most pro-LGBTQIA. Oh, great. Yes. So Ch- Chucky is an ally. Oh, good. <laughs> Who would have thought? It doesn't it. mean he doesn't kill the gays. No. <laughs> but he supports them. <laughs> but he, he is very openly supportive of the queer community. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so good. It's beautiful, actually. It's, oh. be, it's actually really, really beautiful. Oh. Yeah. Well, I remember when watching a Child's Play movie, and I won't say what it is, but uh, it was the first time I saw an openly gay character in a slash in a horror movie. Oh, wow. It was a Child's Play movie. Oh. Yeah. And I was really... That's and nice. I was like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. No, I love, love, uh, love Child's Play. And I actually liked the remake, the way where Mark Hamill voiced him. Yeah, as well. I heard that was all right, too. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people who didn't like it or whatever but you know what it was a remake Mm. but they made it its own and stayed true to the whole child's play thing i yeah i wasn't offended by it like as a fan of the franchise wasn't offended by it all right i mean it's also a franchise that has its hits and misses yeah okay uh its own controversies too oh yeah yeah um but no it's a it's a it's a good franchise yeah like this is so fucking funny (laughs) (laughs) your killer is two feet tall yeah (laughs) And they make it work somehow. They really, really do. It sort of implied, suggested mm-hmm. that um, that Nancy and Neil were kind of becoming a thing, or were they just really cl- friendly work colleagues? Because oh. <laughs> I was getting you got vibes. I didn't I get. Got, vi- I got vibes. I didn't get vibes at all. Okay. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It just it just seemed you know like. You know, dinner together by the fire, like mm. on the couch, and like just I don't know, sort of the way he was with her in certain parts, and how he really like cared. Yeah, like it just felt. But I guess yeah, maybe it was just supposed to be a friendship, and I've put my shipper goggles on for some reason <laughs> because like he feels like he's the same age as her dad. Like especially yeah. when you see the scenes with the two of them, I was like, oh wow, okay, yeah. So maybe it isn't supposed to be, and I'm just yeah. Well, maybe she has daddy issues. Maybe she. Oh, she well, yeah. it was a strange relationship. 
Like, yeah. you know, after the mother had died. Yeah. You know what I was thinking when they were talking about the mother dying? Mm. I was just like, oh, so when she gets sucked through the door window, mm. <laughs> that was like, oh, she dies? Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. You know, or was she, did she drink herself to death? Because there was that as yeah, well. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. Because I was trying to remember. I'm like, did we see her die? Yeah, because that ending is still, I find, a little bit weird to part one. Yeah. I feel like that that little bit of an ending there just... Yeah. I don't know, because I know they want to do the whole twist of, oh, it's still a dream or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, which I guess, you know, they could have also suggested at the end of this film, maybe. I don't know. You know, with the light coming on and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. For such a good film, I don't know, just that, that little moment at the end. <laughs> yeah. 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 It'd be interesting to see how the effects hold up for the rest of the series as well. Because yeah. generally they've been pretty good. I, reckon. Oh, I think that yeah. this, fran- this franchise here, the effects have held up really they well. They have. There hasn't really been, you know, a bad a bad moment, I think. Mm. You know, this is definitely the peak of it. I should talk to Christina because I told you about how she, the phone, that she hated the phone thing. <laughs> I right? remember her commenting yeah. on Fred's social. I remember it. And she was like, oh, you know, I think, oh, you know, thanks for like, you know, Reminding me of my childhood nightmares or because I remember commenting, "You're welcome." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask her now if, like, she's if she watched number three and like you know yeah. the, the, the um with um am I forgetting Philip? No, um, sorry, um, Joey. You know oh. the tongues around. Oh, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. And the tongue thing, yeah. and yeah. Do you know what I liked about that is that when he was like tied down and fully in the dream world and mm. you know freddie goes down next to him to taunt him mm. like how the tongues are still wriggling yeah and i think that's a great you know? touch yeah, yeah I it's like, like it didn't need it no. but i love that they were still animated that way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> like as well with like the the faces on his chest like they probably would have had the same effect if they hadn't been moving but the fact that they decided to make the move yeah just elevated it yeah because then you really got bit. the trapped souls yeah 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 they reminds me of, didn't they do something like that in the simpsons Possibly, I feel like there's some possibly because there is a there is a um, a Freddy one, a Freddy story. In they the... do with with um, Willie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I, good. I know it's great. Can I say in that episode? <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got me going now. <laughs> Let's hit it. <laughs> when Martin dies, <laughs> and they're wheeling him out, and the sheet gets caught on the wheel, and it reveals him in like that really scared moment. <laughs> And then it has like the second punch because they go through like the kindergarten or the primary bit of the school and you just hear the kids screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is Martin's like one of my favourite characters, I so know. it was just brilliant. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I scold. Gold, yeah, it is good. I swear to god there's like a moment moment one of the Treehouse of Horror episodes where there's like Heads coming through chest and they're moaning. Yeah, it could be. Unless they're moaning through like a wall or something. There is one I think like that when they're in a haunted house. Yeah, maybe that's one. Yeah, of. let me Google. I'll just see Simpsons. I know they're probably just going to go to the one that we were talking about before. Mm. Um, Freddy parody. Yeah, because it could be in that. Because it could be. Could literally could be Willie opening his chest yeah. and you see. It could literally be that. Mm. Or we're just projecting, maybe. I don't know. Maybe we're projecting. They do, <laughs> those Treehouse of Horrors are amazing. Dude, I love them. I mean, there's a reason I did a video on them. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I fucking adore. Honestly, if we had more time in the world, Kendall, I'd say, bloody, let's just do a few of some Fridays where we just review the Treehouse of Horrors. I, like, well, we, that's goals. Yeah. We, after, 
after uh, Michael and Chucky <laughs> yeah. and the Blob, yes, I think so. Yeah. We could do. Well, we could even do like two episodes in one hit, to be honest. You could, yeah, just, easily. Just short stories. Yeah. But yeah, those Treehouse of Horror ones are just they're amazing. They're so good. Yeah. I think that was a very clever way that they've done them. Um, mm. It's just that, that way they can have these, these fun short stories that are inconsequential. Yeah. yeah, and they can do whatever they want with the characters and it's, it doesn't matter at yeah. all. Because like, they kill Bot... Uh, Sideshow Bob kills Bot in one of them, I think. I think so. Yeah. And I remember people online just being really annoyed and angry by it because mm. it's like oh he finally kills Bob it's like but it's a treehouse of horror yeah it's not you real know? yeah it's, it's the twi- yeah. it's their twilight zone yeah it's exactly like, they can just do whatever yeah they're so much fun and just like those are the fa- my favourite moments of like where they pay homage to things yeah like, because it's so hardcore and yeah it's, yeah oh, the shinin <laughs> oh the shinin oh, that's weird the blood usually gets off on the third floor <laughs> 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 yeah i was like you know with our halloween specials how we do you know we alternate between stephen king and hitchcock mm. so we've done two stephen kings already i yep. thought we'll do a hitchcock movie next and after that we'll go shining perfect if you want to do shining i would love to do yeah because i or maybe we can even do or if you want since we've done two kings we can do two Hitchcocks. I don't mind. I'm happy to do whatever. Yeah. When we do The Shining, though, can we? Would it be possible, if not asking too much, mm-hmm. to do um, Kubrick, the mini series somehow? Yeah. And then Doctor Sleep. Oh, you want to do the whole thing? I would love to do the like whole thing. Like as in thing. three separate podcasts. Three or, se- yeah. three separate podcasts. Yeah. I think why not? Because Doctor Sleep, I I didn't like as much as I thought I would. Oh, okay. So, I liked it more than I thought I would. So because I love The Shining, mm, mm-hmm. and because I remember watching The Shining as like a teen, and just think it was so boring, and then didn't quite didn't quite get it, and it was during lockdown, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, I watched The Shining, and I've just gone. <laughs> like because like, yeah. I love Kubrick right yeah yeah but when I first watched The Shining it was my first Kubrick film so I didn't know I loved Kubrick then. yeah same you it's, know? Just, it's, yeah, it's my first Kubrick and film and I'm like no 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 and I was doing my thesis <laughs> at the time oh yeah so I was home alone uh-huh. and I just put on the sound I found the soundtrack and put on the whole soundtrack while I'm there typing away and I literally I think about maybe 20 minutes into it had to stop the soundtrack because I was terrified. <laughs> it scared me so. It's a great soundtrack. Middle of the day, bright and sunny day, but the house is quiet and I've just, I'm typing away, I'm concentrating and I've just got this beautiful, spooky instrumental, but it scared me so much. Isolated from what was going on in the film. It's not like I was thinking about moments from the film. It just was what it was. Yeah. The atmosphere it created actually unsettled me. And I'm like, does that not tell you That's what great. a great soundtrack that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just love The Shining. And then after that, I remember I went and bought it because I watched it on streaming. And I was like, no, this is one I need to have because I've got a few Kubrick films. Um, like Clockwork Orange is probably my favorite Kubrick movie. Okay. Um, Shining's up there. But I really liked Eyes Wide Shut as well. I know that was very polarizing. Oh, I need to. So I, I need. Like Shut. I really need to watch the rest of Kubrick's filmography. Yeah. Because I think that. I am pretty sure The Shining might be the only one I've actually seen. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, Lolita's but, one that I want to watch again. Okay. Because I saw that when I was younger, so liked it. Yeah. But didn't, like, I feel like 
Now I would love it because, again, it's Kubrick. Yeah. Um, I thought about watching Eyes Wide Shut during lock, one of the lockdowns, actually, because um, I was just going through movies on all the streaming yeah, services as you do, right? that I'd never really seen before. And because yeah. and it was Kubrick's last film and it's it's Nicole and it's Tom and it's yeah. like their last film together, I think, as yeah. well. Like, you know, and I love Tom and I love Nicole, I guess, to a degree. So, yeah. yeah. But, I, but I just never... Yeah, I never did it, so I really should. Yeah, I really like. I really, really liked it. Um, I really want to watch Clockwork Orange though, yeah. and two thousand and one. I haven't seen two thousand and one. Oh yeah, two thousand and one. And I'm a space nerd. And yeah. I haven't seen two thousand and one. Well, I remember when I first watched two thousand and one. It has a very like slow. It well, it's got an opening that takes forever. Sure. And I remember watching it and looking at it, <laughs> and nothing's really happening. And when I mean nothing, I mean nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, it's okay. It's Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> you know just some things you just go that's Kubrick it's fine and literally I was just saying that to myself until something finally fucking happened I was like it's Kubrick and I, I really enjoyed it yeah. yeah I haven't seen the sequel um, oh yeah that's right they made a sequel didn't yeah. they was it 3000 no I think 2010 2010 yeah. was in 3000 yeah, yeah 2010 yeah. so I haven't seen the sequel did Kubrick make that one as well no I was going to say it was someone else same it? author though like I think oh, the same adapted yeah, from the same I believe so series yeah or whatever but um yeah no 2001 mm. is great yeah he did a movie called Barry Lyndon which is kind of back in the day oh yeah I've heard of that and that was okay too yeah mm. um yeah the leader I'd want to watch again I'm interested to watch the remake of the leader um that was made in the 90s is that the Jeremy Irons one yes because yeah. that one was controversial in australia as well oh was it yes so there was calls for that to be banned in australia jesus yeah because of its content yeah because uh, i remember it being such a discussion mm. as well um from a conservative senator in tasmania and it never got through like it never i think the release was delayed okay but it never got never got banned